0: Welcome, thanks for tuning in. Right today I'm recording the first solo podcast. Why? Because, based on a LinkedIn post that I posted a couple of weeks ago, where I had the bold statement stop measuring touch points, focus on the journey instead. It got a lot of comments and also questions on, okay, but Zana, either I disagree or can you elaborate a bit more? Which is kind of a challenge if you just have, you know, one picture with one quote. So I thought, okay, let me record a podcast to elaborate a bit more and to answer some of the comments specifically. So why did I even bother to mention, right, to make that quote where I'm saying stop measuring touch points. Because I just see too many tooling companies like the Medallias and the Qualtrics of this world, and therefore organizations, whether it's public or uh, private, they are overly focused on just measuring touch points. And if you just measure touch points, there's a huge risk that you are missing the essence uh, of what matters most to customers in their entire journey, which uh, I will elaborate uh, more on later on. So I think first things first, what is what? Uh, I think 9 out of 10 times when uh, companies that I meet talk about measuring touch points, they're actually measuring channels. Right? They're measuring uh, satisfaction after the call, for example, customer service. Or they're measuring the customer effort score on the website. So I think already distinguishing between Channels and uh, journeys means that you will cover most of the touch points. So just for clarity's sake, I was advised let's talk about channels and journeys. Then the other element, uh, what was also mentioned, is the life cycle. Or um, when I wrote, sorry, when I saw a life cycle, I also thought life events. So for me, a journey, uh, we tend to use journeys on two levels. Let's say on the generic level, these are maximum, you know, eight to 10 steps that I can go through with an organization. For example, for an insurance company, I apply for insurance and maybe I have a claim, maybe ask a question, right? All the, all the main steps, the main journeys that I go through. And then each of those journey consists of a detailed journey. So if I then deep dive in applying for an insurance, uh, then that detailed customer journey means, okay, I at the website, I fill in a form. Maybe I need to send some uh, proof of income to the insurance company. In the end, I receive my materials maybe in my account and my first premium is taken out of my bank account, as an example. And so two levels of journeys. Then when you look at the life cycle, I also see three different interpretations. So let's say the old school life cycle and maybe the first journey was at high level a journey of awareness, uh, usage, uh, service, and I think some, another step. Like four super high-level steps. And I, I'm i happy that I don't see those a lot anymore because they were way too abstract. They were not super helpful. Then you also have a, a version that's more connected to life events. For example, I turn 18, or I'm having kids, or I'm moving. Those uh, so things that happen in the personal life of the customer and then there's also a version for example uh, when you look at milky map and their life cycle model uh, there you see that the life cycle consists of steps that need the customer go through on the highest level with the organization and so it's not my uh, personal life events but they are already steps that i go through with the organization and a life event could be a trigger for such a journey but it's not a list of all the possible life events So those are the different, let's say, ingredients, right? We have channels, journeys, life cycles, uh, and life events. So we tend to focus mostly on uh, journeys and channels. And for me, the difference is, for example, the person that is responsible for the channel, let's say they are the head of the contact center, they need to know what drives satisfaction with their specific channel, right? They need to know, should I enhance uh, waiting times, reduce in this case, Uh, should my employees be more friendly, Uh, which has the biggest impact to make sure that we deliver the best customer service experience. That's a channel steering information. If I'm responsible for a journey, for example, for uh, applying for that insurance, um, then yes, somewhere in that journey, maybe I call with the call center. But if I'm responsible for the journey, I need to know what really drives the satisfaction or MPS with applying for an insurance, which is a completely different way of getting there, which I'll explain in a few minutes. And then there's also, let's say, the brand manager who needs to understand, okay, on a brand level or on the relational MPS, for example, what are those drivers? And which is again another level. So we tend to use you have an operational level of drivers you want to know, those are the channels. You have a tactical level, those are the drivers for the journeys. And then you have, let's say, an organizational or relational level. And you need to have the drivers for all three levels to really be in the driving seat of improving everything. What's also relevant is the moment of measuring. And so one of the discussions was also, okay, should I measure directly after something happens or, you know, a week or several weeks after? That completely depends on what you want to measure. Let's again use the uh, example of the the call center. If you measure directly after the call, uh, which a lot of call centers do, right? You get after you hung up or even before you uh, have an employee, they ask you, hey, will you you know, press one if you want to answer a few questions after the call? So if you measure directly after the call, in essence, you're measuring the performance of the employee. Um, and the scores tend to be super high. So if your goal is to measure the performance of the employees, then yes, the, the sooner you measure after the call, the better. Side note, I see too many companies wanting to or even measuring on employee level, Uh, but then they're discussing the feedback based on, let's say, uh, two responses per employee. So if you want to do that, make sure you have at least 20 plus responses per employee. Just a side note to make it fair (laughs) for the employees. So that's immediately after the channel, or you might say after the touch point of the call center. But if I want to measure the service journey, Let's say I call the call center and the employee is super friendly and I ask, hey, could you please send me form XYZ? The employee in that moment says, of course, Zana, no problem. I will send it to you right away. If you now ask me my satisfaction right away, I'll be super happy. But if four days later I still haven't received that form, then I'm not happy, but that's nowhere part in your metrics. You're missing that part of my experience. So if you want to measure the journey, you want to measure, at least we always say, you want to measure between one to four weeks after the journey has happened. And one of the comments was also that if you measure NPS, it should be indeed weeks or months after. Uh, In my opinion, it should never never be months, right? It should be maximum four weeks. Um, And if you are measuring the relational NPS and those drivers, and then, of course, it's not based on a specific event. So then you're just selecting an, an active uh, customer base. But if you're measuring a journey, uh, try not to measure it later than four weeks after the journey has finished. Uh, one of the other issues that I see with touchpoint measurements is that they are very, very functional. Indeed, was the, was it a fix in one go? Um, was the invoicing clear? Uh, They are very functional. There's not a lot of emotion there. Uh, And there's this more and more trend to we should only ask one question with an open text. Uh, So for each touch point, we ask the customer effort score or the MPS or satisfaction and then only an open text because we fear the response. But there's a huge problem there, um, even if the response is super high. If you don't have steerable information, it's nice that you have a high response, but then you cannot improve. That's one of the issues. So you see a lot of organizations that are measuring NPS, but they're still struggling with, okay, but um, I see, for example, that invoicing maybe is chosen often, but is that now the key driver? I don't know. Uh, And also, if you start analyzing open text, there's a big risk because when you ask customers why they give you a score, they give you a rational answer. And uh, 9 out of 10 times, the rational answer is not their true latent needs. And which explains why you get a lot of, let's say, more transactional analysis of MPS drivers. While we always see when you use smart statistics, that it's almost never transactional thing. That's the number one. It's almost always the more emotional human thing. That's the number one. So how do we do it? Because some of you also said, but you need to use touch points to then figure out what matters in the journey. So when we map a journey, of course, we map the different uh, steps in that journey. Again, for example, when I'm applying for an insurance company, uh, sorry, for an insurance uh, policy, uh, we are mapping the journey. So we're asking questions about, okay, filling out the form. Um, is it is it super simple? Is there a confirmation email? Is that friendly? Uh, do I need to fill out um, additional paper forms maybe? Um, is the my account where my policy is uh, placed is that easy? Uh, the first premium is taken out of my bank account. So all the elements of the journey, let's say the transactional side, we put in the survey when we want to figure out what drives the journey. That's 80% of the survey. Also 80% of the workshop. But then 20% of the survey is the emotional side. So based on the brand promise, Based on just placing yourself in the shoes of the of the customer, what emotions do you want them to experience? Those two ingredients we then put in a survey that's pretty long, right? 30, 40 statements, and it covers all the elements of the journey. And then we send that survey to customers who have recently experienced that journey. So minimum week, maximum four weeks ago. And then based on smart statistics, now we can see, hey, you know a topic or um, element X of the journey is five times more impactful than, for example, um, I don't know, the My Account. And so then you get hard, steerable information on what you need to do to enhance the journey. And that's information that you would completely miss if you're only focusing on separate touch points. Because what we tend to see is that the number one topic that drives my NPS or my satisfaction with the journey are emotional things like um, company X gives me personal attention or I feel treated with respect. Things that you normally would not measure on a touchpoint level and things that when you discover them should be your design principles for all the elements in your journey. So for example, if treating with respect is a key driver of that journey and part of the journey is that I do something on the website, or that an account manager visits me, then you want to make sure that those experiences, those parts of the journey, all enhance my feeling of being treated with respect. And so that's why we're always saying you want to understand the drivers of the journey and the pain points of the journey is not just a separate um, addition of all the touchpoint really They're really two very different things. Um, so yes, you could optimize separate touch points. But if all your touch points are scoring well, that's no guarantee that your customers are uh, are happy and satisfied over your entire journey. And of course, I'm always saying this is not sort of the truth, right? This is just my perspective based on having done this uh, a gazillion times and based on every time seeing companies struggle that are measuring with touch points. Uh, But also in our case, seeing every time that we are able to increase the satisfaction of that journey in three months' time with a significant jump, right? Not just a point one or a point two. So apart from the statistics and the theory and the, the concepts, every time we prove that, yes, this works, right? This way of analyzing and improving the journey works because those customers that we measure on the baseline are not the same cu- uh, customers that we measure in the, let's say, T plus one measurement. Let's say in in April, we measure them and we figure out that personal attention is the number one. Then we start improving. And then in June, we are measuring the customers that j- recently went through this journey again. So those are customers that have no idea that something has been improved. And so it's a very clean a way of measuring things. It's not that you're going back to the same customers and then ask them, hey, what do you think now? Because then they would have already been influenced. I just wanted to highlight two other um, remarks uh, beneath the post. Um, One was a remark where it said, well, a touch point, you always measure a touch point with first time fix or customer effort score. Um, I think that's a very, um, let's say it's a too narrow view Because first-time fix to me is really connected to call center. So if you're measuring the channel, then I completely agree. First-time fix is always a driver. So you want to measure first-time fix. Uh, But for example, the customer effort score for me is only very usable in the digital side. So it's more on the UX side. The app made it easier for me to, I don't know, check my invoice. Um, But you don't want to measure the customer effort score after the call Because here again, we see that ease of doing things is not so much an end metric, but it's a driver of satisfaction with the call, but it's not the key driver. The key driver with call center, for example, is a friendly employee, uh, employee that asks the right questions, etc. And that's a bridge to another comment uh, when it comes to touchpoint measurements. So what, what we do with the statistics, the smart statistics, is how I tend to use it is that you want to look at things um, fully integrated. What do I mean by that? I mean that, okay, if I measure separately um, a touchpoint, a channel, then, of course, the conclusion could be, hey, if I compare that specific touchpoint score with the satisfaction of the journey, hmm, we see some correlation. Or if you only ask customers about feedback about a specific topic, then your conclusion could also be, hey, but this topic matters for the journey. But if you look at the journey integrated, so you're adding uh, the my account, you're adding the emotions, you're adding, um, I don't know, needing to fill out a digital form, whatever happens in the journey and my emotions, then you get an integrated view, which means, okay, maybe when we looked separately at the my account, it was really important. But if we now look at it integrated and we add also the emotions, etc. Then we see that in my account is all or the impact is super low, which we tend to see, or maybe it's not even having an impact because, let's say, the human aspect of things has just a way bigger impact on the journey satisfaction or MPS. And so when we do those uh, statistical analysis, we never look at a separate part of the journey to see what is impacting the journey. You want to make sure that you have an integrated view. Also on the relational MPS level, you want to make sure you add all the possible possible ingredients into one measurement. And so I'm, I'm always surprised that I see, I hear more and more that also tooling companies are saying, yeah, we're just, we're splitting the survey. So every month, let's say in total we have 40 statements, but every month we're only sending 10 statements to, uh, customers or also with employees. Now, so month one, you get the, the first part. The second month, you get the second part. So that the idea is that the response is higher. But then you're losing that integrated view because then I'm only answering a subpart. And with that subpart, I'm answering my NPS perception. And You want to make sure that you have this integrated view and then you know, hey, okay, this topic is five times more impactful than the other topic. Okay, so let's make sure that we use that topic to, maximum, uh, to have maximum impact on designing all the elements of the journey to enhance that number one driver. I think, looking back at my notes, I think those were the main, uh, let's say, questions, remarks, and explanation of why I made that statement and how I, uh, what's my perception on these topics. Again, not saying that this is sort of the ultimate truth I'm just saying this is what we see working in organizations and also flipped around is what we see that uh, organizations are struggling a lot with. So I hope this was helpful. Again, if you have any questions or comments, uh, let me know. Maybe I can make a next podcast or I can make a habit out of answering (laughs) your questions and feedback. Uh, But for now, I hope this was helpful and we'll see you in the next podcast.